There are over a million podcasts in the world, and goodness knows there are still room for more. So why would a podcast work for your brand? How would you go about it? Would it work? And how would you know if it had worked anyway? Welcome to Fresh Ears from Fresh Air Production, where we try and unpack all of that by deconstructing a branded podcast project. I'm Neil Cowling, the founder of Fresh Air, and in each episode, we pick a podcast, then speak to the client, the producer, and anyone else involved. And in this episode, we're going to the farm with a head of the field from NFU Mutual. Today we're at the Ramsbury Estate in North East Wiltshire. This was a 3,000 acre arable and livestock farm until the late 90s when under new ownership they decided to diversify into the world of brewing. These days the business covers over 19,000 acres boasting a successful brewery and a gin and vodka distillery, a smokehouse and an oil press. We saw a lot of margin on the crop be whittled away, taken away. We just thought, you know, how can we circumvent that? And we did it very successfully. So much so that we sort of outgrew the uh, brewery and decided to build another one. So, why would we want to do this? Simple. It gets us into the countryside. But why would an insurance company that already leads the market for the farming industry choose podcasting as the way to speak to its audience. With me for this episode are Charlie Greenwood, marketing campaigns consultant at NFU Mutual, Will Evans, farmer, podcaster and a presenter of Ahead of the Field, and Jeff Bird, our producer here at Fresh Air. This really is like a reunion because we really did go out on location many times to do this. We've sat together for many premiering breakfasts together, which have been very entertaining. Um, And Charlie, why did you... And a few mutual decide that you actually wanted a podcast in the first place. Yeah, hi Neil. So I think really it was it was the best way for us to tell the really interesting stories of some of our farming customers and the the really innovative things they've done, and then make that content available to the wider farming community. So just in terms of a bit of background, in early 2018, I was planning a, a wider campaign on farming diversification. So this is where a traditional farm would would do something different, do something innovative to bring in new income. So that might be a farm opening up a farm shop, um, sell local produce that they're growing on the farm, or it might be converting some agricultural buildings and running them as property lets. So I was planning this, this campaign around farming diversification And as part of the planning for that, I realised quite quickly that there was some really innovative stuff that was happening within that particular sector. So within the campaign, uh, different channels were serving different purposes in terms of our campaign objectives, and they all had their role. But the podcast gave us the opportunity to get into the real detail of a particular farmer's story. And that long form content really worked for us in terms of being able to bring that to life and go into that detail. So just in terms of NFU Mutual, NFU Mutual is a general insurer, offers its customers uh, a range of insurance products, but its history and heritage is very much in the farming community. So as such, we insure about three quarters of the UK's farms. A significant part of the marketing that I do is to really add value for our existing customers beyond the insurance cycle. And so telling these stories and making this content available was hopefully going to be interesting and useful for our customers who had listened to the podcast 
and then give them a positive brand experience. So at the time, and it's still happening at the moment, diversification within farming was a major growth trend. And the evidence suggested that many farmers were either diversifying or were thinking of diversifying. So by bringing some of these diversification stories to life and speaking to farmers who had been in similar positions, we were hopefully giving listeners to the podcast the confidence to to give it a go or at least take the idea seriously and start to do the necessary research. Am I right in saying that there was some um, was some research that showed that farmers were listening to lots of podcasts, that this was a good channel to, to speak to them through? Yeah, I think so. So again, sort of back in early 2018, um, I had access to, to sort of a piece of wider industry research that showed that farmers were over-indexing in terms of consumption of podcasts. So that's because... A lot of the time, farmers are, are doing manual work. They're often in their vehicles. And so they have the opportunity to, to listen to, to podcasts. So that was the first bit of insight that got us on to the, to the idea. And by probing a bit further, speaking to some of our local agents. So just to elaborate, NFU Mutual, we have about uh, 300 local agencies that manage the relationships with our farming customers at a local level they confirmed that that over-indexing on consumption of podcasts was a trend that they recognised. And then we did some more specific validatory research, which again supported that insight and suggested that it would be a good channel by which to engage our farming customers. So you, you go into contact with us. We talked about the idea that it always seemed to me that if we're going to do a podcast about farming, we should get out and record it on a farm. There's no point in doing a podcast about farming from a studio and I remember looking around and seeing who might present this and thinking there's this absolute superstar of the farming community who already knows how to do podcasting who's admired and revered amongst the farming community was he not available (laughs) there's only one man that we can bring in to do this Uh, why why Will Evans yeah again so I think um, when we had this this idea of podcasts we obviously did a bit of research we could see that there were farming podcasts that existed. So again, that sort of supported what we thought about it being a channel that could potentially work with that farming audience. Um, And through that, we came across Will and his Rock and Roll Farmer podcast. And then I think the the, the choice of our presenter was going to be really important. So I think within the farming community, credibility is a really big thing. So we had to have a presenter that would have credibility with our farming audience. And we knew Will was a sort of an emerging leader, a voice within the industry. But most importantly, he was a farmer, first and foremost, who then did sort of podcasting and industry stuff on the side. And you presented us with some other options, Neil, but they seemed to be more sort of more people who first and foremost were broadcasters and they just happened to really be um, operating within the farming industry. We wanted it to be the other way around, to have a farmer who had the necessary broadcast skills, would have credibility with um, the audience who were listening to the podcast. And then really importantly, it was somebody who could put our customers at ease who they would be speaking to, whose story they would be talking to Will about. And Will was really able to achieve that because obviously, you know, he could relate to the farmers on an individual basis based on his own farming experience. So I think of all the different options available, Will was a really a really strong choice for us. Right, well, we've given you the build-up. 
so uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember sort of calling you out the blue to talk about it. Just give us a bit of, for those who don't know you, who aren't from within the farming community, just give yourself, give us a bit of background on yourself. Yeah, so um, as Charlie said, I am first and foremost a farmer. Um, I farm in uh, North East Wales, Beef and Arable Farm. A partnership with my parents for four young daughters on the farm. So pretty busy with all that. And then three or four years ago, I was quite frustrated with the way that agriculture as an industry communicated with its customers. I was quite frustrated with the sort of some of the organizations within agriculture, how they hadn't embraced new technology, I guess, um, and specifically podcasts. So I thought, well, if they're not going to do a farming podcast, then I will. And then it, it was as, as easy as that, really. I didn't put much thought in, more thought into it than that. So I um, got onto YouTube, looked at how to record a podcast, what kit do I need? And so lots of annoying American teenagers told me what to do on YouTube. And that was it, really. And then I put it out there, not thinking it would go very far. And then suddenly it did and um, when you rang me Neil it was um, I guess it was a real chance to learn something new and to broaden my horizons in in this world of podcasts that I accidentally fell into. So Jeff as producer your background is Radio 4 you work with very high profile presenters you work with lots of professional broadcasters. Will by his own admission was not a professional broadcaster but had an insight into the industry and was spot on for the audience so what sort of challenge as a producer does that present to you? I honestly don't think of it as a challenge and I you know I do work with lots of uh, high profile people but it's generally in areas I know something about whether it be books or film or politics or history or whatever it might be whereas getting to work with Will and I'm not just saying for this for the sake of the podcast you know I've learned more in the course of working on this podcast from somebody in a sector I know so little about it's been tremendous over the course of that however long it's been two year period and in terms of pure broadcasting skills I actually don't like working with people who are so long into their careers that they've got their way of doing it and they're not going to be kind of nudged out of it so you basically get the same performance from them whether it be about you know rocking horses or Brexit so to work with somebody like Will who has got all the knowledge and enthusiasm and warmth you know, I'm, I'm not interested if it takes a couple of takes to get him to sound less nervous or m- more natural or whatever it might be, because he's winning in spades over those people every time. Well, is there any sense that because you start, started organically and because you've got the farming community behind you and you've got this authenticity, any sense that it's a bit of a sellout to then go and make a series for NFU Mutual. Does does the branded element worry you at all? No, I don't think so. I mean, there are brands and companies I wouldn't work with. I think NFU Mutual are, are very trusted in the farming community. I think, as Charlie said at the start, I think 75% of farms insure with them anyway. The very sort of historic and trusted brand in farming. So I certainly haven't, um, haven't felt that. And I haven't felt that from the farming community. I mean, I, I've had loads of good feedback from people who listen to the NFU Mutual Head of the Field podcasts and said how much they enjoy them and how much they've learned from them. So um, from from my own podcast listeners who've, who've then listened to those. So yeah, I'd, I've never got that sense, um, and I'd be surprised if I I'd be surprised if I did get any of those comments. So, so Neil, just to chip in there, I think um, something that took a lot of thought internally was how much we actually branded the podcasts, because obviously... We're trying to offer a brand experience to people who are listening. So your brand has to be in there. But we realised if we absolutely plastered it with references to NFU Mutual, then you know a lot of authenticity would be would be lost. 
So I think that that was one of the main challenges was to really decide at what what level we sort of we we branded the podcast and what what the relevant calls to action were within the the individual episodes. So thinking about that from the outset, then Charlie, did you have hard KPIs against this? What were the objectives that you set out with when you started the podcast? Yeah, so so I think when we sort of got the green light internally to go for it, we committed to five initial episodes. There were some some hefty downloads and listen targets that we that we put against those that were part of the wider diversification campaign that we were launching at the time. But equally important for us was going to be the the anecdotal feedback we were able to get from customers and agents. You know, how well did the podcast bring to life diversification subject matter? How well did they tell the stories of the the customers who were featured? Did it want to make them find out more about the the subject? And for our agents, did the podcasts offer good conversation starters with potential customers? Um, And then in the context of the wider campaign, another important goal was how well the podcasts um, helped to to add to and complement that that wider campaign. So obviously it was each individual episode were rich content assets that we, we could then leverage across other channels. But as a sort of as an anecdote from a marketing perspective, the PR team internally that I worked with as part of the campaign, they produced a diversification report with opinions, case studies, wider insight on the subject. So we were able to reference the diversification report within the podcast as a call to action to get more information. And then equally within the report, there was able to be referenced to the podcast series. So that way, as a campaign asset, it really complemented the rest of the campaign. And that's been the case throughout the couple of years that have been doing it, hasn't it? That when there are reports, when are there things like... Uh, rural crime, for instance, is a is a big part of the reports that you do every year. Then we can create an, an episode that reflects that and ties in with the wider messaging. Exactly. So I think based on the, the the success we had from the first five podcasts that were all on diversification, we we then quite quickly moved the podcast series on to other sort of industry topics within farming, like rural crime, like the use of technology within agriculture, and. We always tried to make sure that there were other sort of relevant campaign assets that we could reference as part of those individual podcast episodes, even though the subject matter had moved on, moved beyond that initial farming diversification piece. Jeff, we've done, we've been all over the country. We've done episodes with all sorts of different storylines. You say that, you've almost deliberately picked places as far away from where I live as as is humanly possible. (laughs) (laughs) Every time it's four o'clock in the morning. Have you got a favourite as a producer? What was was your favourite episode of the series? That's a very good question. I think... They've been fun, haven't they? They've been a lot of fun and they have been very diverse and it has been a real asset of the series I think that we've got such a range of voices and dialects and experiences that I I think Loch Lomond for me was really memorable it was a beautiful spot next to the loch a really clever thoughtful progressive family of farmers and then we got to go on a speedboat so you know what more do you want so this is a speedboat looks awesome can we have a go absolutely yeah let's go So 
So we're out on the lock now. Did you already spend lots of time down here as a kid? Yeah, I've lived on the lock all my all my life, and uh, I spent a lot of my childhood playing around on boats and being out in the water. So yes. So who runs all the boat trips? Do you do, you do it yourself? Yeah, so the boat trips is uh, my my part of the business. I set that up when I uh, finished university. And again, it was really just trying to make use of the, the location and, and also doing something that I enjoy doing. Mm. It's obviously, it's a great place to grow up and it's nice to be able to share that with other people as well. Yeah, recording on a speedboat is definitely one of the highlights of my time on this series. And, and just thinking about that, you know, your background is say lots of Radio 4, lots of documentaries, lots of storytelling. Do you think podcasting has the ability to take that brand of storytelling and, and that, that sort of broadcasting that we're so used to hearing from the BBC? Can that work well for brands in this space? I think that's really interesting because podcasts are established now, but there's still so much room to play within the kind of boundaries and, and extend those boundaries and work out how useful those storytelling devices can be. For me, I, I'm tired of listening to studio conversations with no, with just artificial kind of sound effects. And, you know, it's been done brilliantly, but I love getting out and about. And I'm, that's what I've missed most in, in lockdown, getting you to record in the outdoors and meeting people in their environments. I think that does bring something. I think the storytelling devices are really wonderful because that's actually how we understand the world. I think what's really interesting is when you apply it to branded podcasts more than podcasts in general. As a producer, I'm thinking, who is this for? Is it just for the farming audience wondering about insurance? Or are, are we trying to create something that's kind of beautiful and has a narrative and has characters and personalities which might go beyond that immediate audience that make up the KPIs and the over-indexed or whatever the phrases are? And and to what end? And I think these are these questions I'm not sure we've quite got to the bottom of. But personally, as a producer, that's the the joy in it for me you, obviously the content is vital and, and, and making sure that the, the job is done and the message is put across but I think you know why not dress it up in a, in a beautiful way why not get some lovely sounds in there why not get personality and wit and warmth and all those things because it just makes the experience richer for those people listening who have a direct input but also might just might appeal to a, a bigger audience so, so Neil just on that I mean I, I think the whole the whole on-farm thing you know happens really naturally so um, when we first started planning those those first few episodes so you know first episode we did Linden Farms in Leicestershire where that farming family had gone into agricultural contracting as part of our planning for that episode it was really obvious that we couldn't possibly ask that family to come to a studio we were you know we, we needed to go and actually speak to them on the actual farm because you know Simon who was you know managing the business in between talking to us, he was sort of taking calls and and sort of directing traffic. He was trying to run his own business, so it meant that we that we had to be on the farm with him. But then we got that that really good sort of audio experience. Um, so obviously we were you know very safety conscious, but there was machinery moving around all the time. We were in different locations, so it, it just really helped with that getting that sort of really rich that rich story. And then obviously with with Will's help, storytelling wasn't necessarily something that was part of that was an original objective we just wanted to find out about the about the diversification and the background to it but actually 
because um, Will was able to to really sort of relate to the customers that we were speaking to, it meant that it, it turned into much more of a storytelling piece because there was always a reason for the diversification, the process to go through to actually you know, get the sort of new business up and running, what the challenges were, and then what the what the result was as well. And then it sort of meant that the, the series really progressed nicely, where it was all about visiting the customers within their natural settings. And that's how we got to, to Port Nellen, where that family farm had needed to diversify into offering speedboat tours on Loch Lomond. Um, so yeah, we, we turned up there, the most idyllic sort of autumnal morning looking out over Loch Lomond. We knew the background to the to the family and the diversification. So we were just sort of thinking, is he going to let us go on a speedboat? And, uh, and he did, but it meant, we, it meant that we got that um, audio experience. I think we dropped enough hints that we all just wanted to go on a speedboat by that point. <laughs> he had to just let us on. Jeff, can you just explain a little bit about the practical side of it? We do we do research calls, we do scripts, then we do recording. Can you just explain how that kind of process pans out a bit? Yeah, a lot of work does go in in advance. Actually, what that the role of that initial conversation or conversations should be is is actually getting to know people and getting them to trust you. So that by the time you you arrive on the morning, you've got a relationship already that you're picking up. They don't feel threatened by you, ideally. On the day, I think, from my point of view as a producer, I'm, I, I guess you've got a number of things going on and you're, you're, you're kind of ticking things off, make, making sure that jobs have been done. That's kind of a fairly practical thing. You know, have we read all the bits of the script? Have we got all the points in that we wanted to make? I think the most important thing is working with the presenter, making sure they feel comfortable, making sure they don't feel that you've got these expectations of them that... You simply don't have, you know, they may they may come along thinking, well, you know, they want this, that and the other from me. I think my, my job with Will has always been just to kind of try and put him at ease and try and, you know, Will is a fabulous, fabulous presenter. And the more naturally himself he is, the better he is. And so I think in in reading the scripts on the day, it's about trying to, to kind of break the spine on a book, you know, try and get Will to drop those kind of preconceptions about being a, a broadcaster and just be himself. And, and actually that, you know, that was a very easy job because of the nature of the person that Will is. But in, ter- in, in, practi- in practical terms, what that means is, you know, if you've got a bit of script to read, get Will to read it once or twice and then literally grab the script off him, throw it on the floor and then say, go on, tell us what you just said. But it's as if you're talking to me and a couple of other people, not like you're reading reading the script. So he knows what he has in mind, but all of a sudden it comes out in a much more natural way. It, it, it gives time for thoughts to emerge and to bring in references from his own experience as well, encouraging Will to bring in life on his farm, how it differs to the farm we're on, how, it, how with the similarities, the inspiration is taken from it and so on just as I say the, the more will the better Charlie going around the locations and finding those locations has also been important because the local agents play a big role both in NFU Mutual as a company but also in the podcast itself can you just explain the role that those agents play please? yeah of course I mean I think that the stories we've been able to tell has been been solely down to to local agents being willing to help they obviously understand their customers. They know which of our customers have interesting stories to tell and then who's going to be comfortable doing a podcast. So that's why we've ended up with such a, a nice variety of, of places that's hopefully helped deliver that that sort of variety of content within each individual episode. Um, but then it, also in terms of the, of the series as a whole, 
So in terms of the location, the type of farming subject matter, the outcome, etc. And then in each of the podcasts, we've been able to actually feature the local agent. They've been able to bring to life that local relationship and how much that's valued by our customers. And then in turn, for farmers who aren't customers who are listening, it hopefully gives them a snapshot of, of that service that, that you get um, as an NFU Mutual customer from your local agent. What's interesting, I think, about the, the, the storytelling that then leads into creating a channel for yourselves, because I think and you've hinted at it already. The original thing was diversification and storytelling. And then we're able to do specific episodes and bonus episodes around particular reports that came out and particular insights that you had. Lockdown and coronavirus have opened up a whole new way of you using it, really. Can you explain how you've now used that podcast channel as coronavirus has changed the environment? Yeah, so so obviously, given the situation, the the podcast is needed to adapt that much was was very obvious because physically we can't get out and, and visit farms in the in the same way so very quickly after the coronavirus situation escalated we went into lockdown so nfu mutual put together a package of um, 32 million pounds of support for our customers so my role sort of adapted a bit in terms of trying to raise awareness of this support and how customers could access it. So we've been able to work with yourselves and Will in a different way. So it's less about storytelling and more about using the podcast as a platform by which to actually sort of tell people, tell our customers what support is available and sort of you know how, how we can help them in this crisis. So in that way, it's still really worked for us. We, we've created that channel. We've got our, our listenership. So we've been able to adapt it, but it still really helped us sort of meet wider marketing objectives. So, Charlie, uh, the last thing that you did on this uh, campaign before lockdown was attend an award ceremony that neither I or Jeff or Will could go to. Uh, and you got to essentially um, live it up in a central London conference venue for an evening. Um, tell us what you won and, uh, and how that's been received. Uh, yeah, I, I was ably supported by the by the wider Fresh Air team, Neil. So um, yeah, they very gladly went in my place. Yeah. So I think you you kindly nominated us for best use of audio at the the Corporate Content Awards, which was great. Great to get nominated for that. Ended up winning that category alongside one of your other clients, Shell. That was really cool. And then I wasn't really aware of this, but there was an overall award at the end of the ceremony for for best corporate storyteller. And yeah, ended up um, scooping that as well. Obviously, very big surprise, uh, very nice recognition for all of us who've been part of putting the podcast together. But uh, more importantly, great recognition for our agents who have put forward the customers who have been on the podcast and for the actual customers themselves and the innovative things that they've done. Are podcasts now a permanent part of your organisation's armoury when it comes to comms, do you think? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think from that, that initial planning piece, the initial episodes that we, that we did, and then sort of expanding the, the, the subject matter into those other farming areas, and then um, how we've needed to adapt the podcast as a result of lockdown. I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that our listeners our agents, our customers are expecting. I think the the sort of test is, um, for various reasons, at one point, uh, we had a, a sort of lull of, of two months where we weren't able to release any new episodes. And we actually proactively had 
you know, customers, agents coming to us saying, when, when's the next episode coming out? So I think it is, it is very much sort of business as usual from a, um, from a marketing perspective. And as a content asset, it's really helped to sort of complement the, the wider campaigns that I lead on. So let's do a quick sort of round robin of tips and advice. Will, from your side as the presenter, what insights have you gained into how to speak to the public really through a podcast how how has it helped you and how have you how do you think this podcast has been received by the farming community i think it's been received really well because of what charlie's just said really about the great subject matter uh, people have found them very very useful um, but I guess they've also related to them. Um, people appreciate hearing human stories and they appreciate hearing the reasons why people have diversified. You know, sometimes you can perhaps you read an article in a magazine about diversification and in 600 words, you can't really get a sense of, of how difficult it's been or, or things that people would have done differently if they'd known what they know now. And I think a podcast perhaps gets that over in a much more relatable way. Jeff, from your side, as, as a um a vastly experienced radio producer what's the insight that you would give anyone who's thinking about using this medium for a brand what do you think makes a high quality and effective piece of work well it's a combination of the kind of rigor that charlie brings you know we're not going to get away with anything that's just pure fluff because the, there is a job to be done the main thing for me i think is that because i work on a number of branded podcasts it gives the audience to see a company in a very different light an organization in a very different light and recognize that you know that it can have an ethos and that that ethos is embodied by the people involved within it i think that goes an awfully long way and the potential for that is actually massive and it exists on a number of stages so there's the initial message and the initial kind of communication within the farming community. But I think something like this podcast, you know, it offers a chance for messages about this hugely important subject of farming and our food and where we get it from. It gives a chance to communicate to a much wider public, hearing Will's passion and involvement and attempt to kind of eke out a new way of doing things, progressive ways of doing things. It's revelatory. And I, th and I think anybody thinking of taking on a podcast as part of their kind of brand really should see just how many layers it has and just how powerful a, a tool it can be. Uh, and Charlie, finally, for some marketeers listening, um, any insight and tips? You, you've been doing this now for over two years, this series, this process. What have you learnt and what tips would you pass on? Yeah, I think that balance between the planning process but allowing spontaneity to happen so um, I've always planned the individual podcasts to a point to make sure mainly that the customers we're speaking to are, are happy and, and know what's happening. And within that, we sort of put together a, a very loose script just to make sure that we're covering the, the sort of content areas that we, that we want. But then when we actually get onto the farm, just let, let Will run with the conversation. So not necessarily to, to follow the script to the nth degree. And that just helps develop a really nice, natural conversation which comes across in the podcast. So that's one. For the first couple of episodes, when we had the edit back from, from you guys in Fresh Air, we agonised a bit over some of the, the, the nuances of the language and sort of, you know, taking out the, the ums and the ahs and trying to make the piece, in hindsight, sort of overly polished. We didn't need to do that 
you're going to get much more authenticity if there is the odd um and ah, and it sounds like a natural conversation and isn't too too polished and edited. Uh, and then I think it's just that branding piece, just being really clear and clever about how you actually brand the podcast and what your call to action is. Because I think if it if it's overly branded, then you just you you lose that authenticity. So there you go. Thank you very much, everybody. We've done brewers, speedboats, wedding venues, tree houses. I can't wait to get back out on the farm again when we're allowed. Uh, thank you to Charlie Greenwood, marketing campaigns consultant at NFU Mutual. Will Evans, farmer, podcaster, superstar, presenter of Ahead of the Field. And Jeff Bird, our producer here at Fresh Air. And if you'd like to find out how Fresh Air can create an award-winning podcast for your brand, come and see us at freshairproduction.co.uk. In the meantime, I'm Neil Cowling. Thank you very much for listening and see you later. Listener.